0: morning Gator Nation welcome to another episode of the in all kinds of weather forecast it is LSU week Florida and LSU gonna do battle in the swamp under the lights this Saturday night ESPN it is the primetime slot aside from well I guess Clemson FSU but it's a big game again Florida is involved in a big game that means quite a bit not necessarily in terms of national championship or even SEC championship hopes but just in terms of the Gators getting back on the national scale and just being relevant again, and just meaning something when you see that logo again, I am your host Neil Schulman. You can follow me on Twitter at all kinds weather, all kinds weather blog on Instagram and on YouTube and Facebook under the name in all kinds of weather. Dustin Smith back with me today at iakow Dustin. Chris Yanes back with me today at Mr. Chris Bits, and we have a special guest with us today to break down. Both his time at Florida and the upcoming Florida LSU game this weekend. We'll introduce him in just a minute. But before we do that, quick word about our sponsors slash partners. We are very proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that sends underprivileged or deserving Gator fans to the swamp. We just pulled off our 2022 campaign. Shout out to Gator Nation you guys made an incredible thing happen and we can't thank you guys enough for your generosity to, to pull that off. Shout out to Alec Gluckman for his incredible work ethic and determination. Shout out to Bennett Eskenazi for his loyalty. And and like I said earlier in the week on the post Missouri pod, these kids haven't finished writing their stories yet. They're still high school kids. So seeing where they are now as teenagers is impressive, but, it's nothing compared to what I'm sure they're going to do in the rest of their days, uh, you know, going forward into college and in the adult world, they're very kind and caring and just good kids. And I know they're going to do great things in the real world as adults one day soon. Anyway, a lot of content coming from our 2022 campaign with Alec and Bennett. You can go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com, as well as our social handles at the Gator Good on Twitter, at Gator Good Foundation on Instagram and the Gator Good Foundation on Facebook to see and consume all of that content. And if you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor for next year, that's right, it's never too early to start thinking ahead, please email us at, gatorgoodfoundation at gmail.com. And as always, donations are very much appreciated, so to donate to our cause, please go to our website gatorgoodfoundation.com and click on the donate button. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are three great reasons why you should use Stingray Branding. Number one it is a veteran-owned business. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. Two, it's run by a Florida Gator fan. Three, they've got the personal stamp of approval from in all kinds of weather as they did our new logo, our new website. Uh, they also did the new Gator Collective logo and the new Gator Collective website. And they did the Gator Good Foundation's website. Uh, and they did the marketing for the Charleston Gator Club. So if you're listening to this podcast and you need help in any of the aforementioned areas, Rest assured that Stingray Branding will more than take care of you. To learn about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. That said, Chris and Dustin with me today, our guest is coming on in just a moment. Guys, it's LSU week. Opening thoughts, our preliminary thoughts on this matchup this week.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for a primetime game. You know, when these games come around every year on the schedule, especially one like LSU, No matter the records, no matter the rankings, if there are there, it's exciting just to play a game like this. And this is a game now all of us, all of us here are big Gator fans. We've been following this program for some of us our entire lives. This game for the majority of our life has always had its moments and there's always a big play or moment that switches, swings the game in some way or another. So whether that's been in our favor or not in our favor, and some of those have been very agonizing. But nonetheless, this is going to be a fantastic uh, matchup. It's going to be a great atmosphere in the Swamp. I think one that will rival what we saw the first week of the season against Utah. So I, I just can't wait for us to get under the lights and have a big-time matchup uh, and against an SEC opponent and a chance to get us to 5-2. and two going into the bye week. So I think that's what all of us could have hoped for considering the first year of Billy Napier and and where this team's at right now.
2: Yeah. Chris and Neil, I've been to every Florida LSU matchup in the swamp since before we Florida won the national championship in 2006. I, I vividly remember that 2006 game versus LSU where it was really Tim Tebow's coming out party with the jump pass. Uh, What a phenomenal play. And then after that, of course, we all remember, uh, at least those of us that remember back to 2008, that incredible game where Percy Harvin had that amazing catch and scored a touchdown. The rest was history. But even beyond that, that Florida LSU game has always been a source of frustration at times from the Mad Hatter, some of the uh, the trick plays, the, the field goal antics, and then going all the way to the most recent home game versus LSU in 2020 where the fog set in. And of course, Florida missed the field goal. We all remember the shoe throw. There's been so many storylines with the Florida LSU game. And here we are. It's LSU hate week. And we're here to talk about it.
0: Yeah, for sure, Dustin. Uh, I mean, this this game is something something special. There's always an iconic moment, I feel like, in this game. 2006. You know, the jump pass, obviously 2007, not really a moment, but LSU going five for five on fourth downs 2008. I mean, Florida just blew them out, but there's the, you know, there's the iconic, I guess you can call it iconic. The, the Brandon Spikes punt into the stands after he picked sixes, uh, Jarrett Lee, and he beats the lineman, uh, Lloyd hit down the sidelines. Like he had a chance to catch him, um, 2010, obviously the fake field goal, 2011, LSU jump passes us back. And when they beat us by 30, 2012, Gillis Lee's two touch. I mean, those aren't really iconic, but people, people remember those, those plays. And then, of course the Maddie Lips strip, um, 13 didn't really have an iconic moment. 14 didn't really either. I guess tell who say Westbrook's
1: drop in the end zone. Yeah. Like, I, was, like, I
0: was gonna, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be the nice guy and, and avoid bringing that up to avoid irritating Gator fans again, but Uh, yeah. Oh man, Westbrook. Look, the difference between, and and people, people lump him and Marco Wilson into the same category all the time as, as the, the wrong kind of goats. Like you have goats as the greatest of all time. In this case, it's the goat, meaning the the scapegoat, but Tevin Westbrook did the best he could for the Florida Gators. I'll never take that away from him. He did the best he could. He was trying. He, He just didn't make the play. Marco Wilson did something spectacularly stupid and that directly cost Florida the game. Tevin yeah. Westbrook, Florida, still like they could have scored on first or second and goal. And Driscoll could have not thrown that pick on the final possession of the game. But anyway, there's there was that 15. There's another fake field goal. 16, the, the game that I call the goal line stand from Tigerland to so just mock the name of their band. Uh, 2017, the Pinero miss, I guess. 2018, the pick six from Brad Stewart. And we haven't beaten them since. And that's the thing that just gets me and eats at me. We haven't beaten them in four years, guys. Den Mullen's first year. It's just, it, it's hard to believe. And, oh, and and of course, 2020, the shoe throw. There's just always an iconic thing or moment or play or player or something that happens that Gator fans or LSU fans in the college football world as a whole just never forgets.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, this, like I said, like we all mentioned, this rivalry brings out the best, sometimes the worst in, in people and, and the biggest moments. And it is amazing, though, to think that obviously 2019, that LSU team was a juggernaut. They ran through everybody on the schedule. I mean, at, to that point, Florida, I mean, really, you could look at that schedule, probably played them outside of maybe Alabama, the, the closest. So I, I think that, you know, it's, it's amazing, though, that we lost in 2020. We lost uh last year when, you know, we definitely had the we had we had more players ready to go. They they were decimated as a roster at that point with the amount of injuries that they had. So, you know, it's 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 a shame we didn't I think if we started Anthony Richardson in that game, we'd probably win it the way he played in the in the second half after he took over for for Amory Jones. So You know, I definitely think Florida's due for a big-time win against LSU. You know, we certainly have had our fair share of disappointments the last couple of years, especially the last two. And this is just a moment for Billy Napier to also stick it to a program where many believed uh, snubbed him to be the next coach. And, I mean, I'm very thankful that they did that because I think Billy Napier is the right guy. But, you know, I hope that we are able to – Billy is motivated and ready to go for this game.
0: Well, speaking of being ready to go, our guest of honor for the evening is with us. Former Florida linebacker David Reese is with us today for our Florida LSU preview episode of the In All Kinds of Weather forecast. Now, David is currently a defensive assistant coach for the Indiana Hoosiers. His time is very short and we're very grateful to have him on tonight. He's actually doing this in between staff meetings, so we'll keep the introduction very short. David was Mr. Consistent for the Florida Gators. He was a very consistent tackler that helped anchor this defense for 4 years, a very smart player with great range and just generally made a ton of plays. That was that's the easiest and quickest way to describe him on this defense from 16 to 19. So David, it's great to see you again. albeit on a Zoom call. It's been almost three years, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us and welcome to our show. No problem, man. No problem. So we like to get our, our interviews with our guests started with a segment that we call the lightning round. Basically, it is exactly what it sounds like. Just a few quick warm-up questions to get everyone to uh, be a little more familiar with you before we get into the crux of our episode. So First question for you, uh, why did you become a Florida Gator?
3: I became a Florida Gator just because uh, the culture and my relationship with Coach Randy Shannon and Jim Mack. Um, they got me from Detroit, Michigan, and uh, basically his resume of a linebacker, seat coach is, you know, unprecedented. So, you know, it was a beautiful campus. I felt like I was at home and I was able to follow behind uh, Jared Davis and Alex Angelon. So I couldn't beat that.
0: Well, that's, I'm glad you touched on that. Cause we have a, a very pointed question relating to exactly that coming up in a little bit, but what was your favorite moment to be a part of with the Florida Gators? And I have a feeling, I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to yeah, leave the floor to, to be you
3: being LSU, man. Yeah. You know, that's a rivalry game. And you know, I had to start as a true freshman that game. And uh, I think I actually got player of the week that game and it, it, we had a great experience. It, things got rowdy before halftime and, just to look back at it, how many NFL guys on that field is, you know, just amazing, man. Uh, the history of that game is amazing. And you know, that was a fun time. So it's probably my most fun moment.
0: All, all these things you're saying are, are uh, things that we got to put a pin in because we will definitely touch on them, um, in a little bit more detail later, but last lightning round question for you, what is or was your favorite Florida Gators Jersey color combo? to wear both at home and on the road
3: homecoming when we were, when we wore our homecoming throwback uniforms probably my favorite I love blue and uh maybe even a green just because it's different uh, just really? because I just never wore it before yeah I, I like the green you I know did? people people aren't big fans but I, I like it and we actually performed well as a defense that day we didn't come out with the win but that's true the defense played good so
0: you did. You've, you had a 17-10 lead, and you, you kept holding them to field goals, but the offense Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, David, uh, we as Neil alluded to, we, we did want to touch on kind of that LSU game in 2016. That was definitely one of the – probably the biggest wins recently in program history and certainly in your career. Kind of take yeah. me back to that to that atmosphere, what that was like on that goal line stand. And I think if I remember correctly, you were you were filling in actually for Jared Davis that day because he was unable to go. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That was so that was my first true start as a freshman. Um, Jared had hurt his
3: ankle. So, you know, we were going into that game a little bit underhanded. Uh, Voshon Joseph was also a true freshman that game. Tyree Cleveland was a true freshman. Uh, Michael Piron. Uh, Josh Hammond, all the, all these guys played Freddie Swain and made big plays in that game. You know what I mean? So it, it was big for our class, and, you know, we just didn't back down, you know. Uh, the energy was amazing. You know, we had a lot of older leadership on our team, guys like Taven, Caleb, you know, Cox, all those guys, Duke Dawson, Quincy, all those NFL guys that,
1: you know, drove our defense. So
3: we were just ready to fit in and ready to play to that
1: standard. The best part about that was that we clinched the SEC East. In, yes, in- sir. Yes, sir.
3: And yes, I, I,
0: I love your, your usage of the words won't back down in that answer. How fitting with it being Tom Petty weekend, LSU being the team that we first played that song against at the end of the third quarter. Um, there you go. So same, same sort of question, but now 2018 2 years later LSU comes to the swamp with a top 5 ranking beside their name Joe Burrow is not the guy that I think we all know him to be now but he was still a pretty good quarterback had not thrown a pick that year in the first 4 games of the year going into that game and Brad Stewart pick 6 swamp is electric and probably that I mean the goal line stand from Tigerland that that's what I call that 2016 game cuz that's what that's a play on their band's name but 2018 is a game that's a little more relevant, I think, now because it's, that's the venue of this game. We're going to hear the Swamp get loud like we did for that Brad Stewart pick six. So take me to that play, that game. Uh, what do you remember from it, and where does that rank among your football memories?
3: Uh, it ranks up there, man. We, we had a lot of explosive ones. Um, it definitely ranks up there, man. It meant a lot for Brad, man. He's an LSU guy. You know, They probably didn't you know, want him at home. And for him to be able to finish the game off like that is, is you know, it's amazing, too. Uh, I remember it was third and long, and uh, everybody's dropping back because they had to get, like, 18 yards or something. And him just selling the deal, I mean, that dude had joy on his face, man, cheesing from ear to ear, you know. So that was real, uh, really a moral victory for him, almost like when
0: P. Ryan score versus Auburn. Like,
3: you know what I mean? That at-home type of victory is always personal to you.
0: And of course the punt into the stands mimicking Brandon spikes from 10 years earlier. How fitting that, that was the day that we honored the 2008 team. That was just, that was just perfect.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They were all out there too. Yes, sir.
2: So David, there's a lot of talk about Florida being DBU and I know I've talked about the Corey Raymond effect and how great he's been uh, so far, but Florida's produced some amazing linebackers going back to Wilbur Marshall Channing Crowder, Brandon Seiler, Brandon Spikes, John Bostick, the list goes on and on. I'm not saying Florida is LBU, but as a former Gator yourself, what does it say about you that Florida has produced so many incredible linebackers?
3: Oh, man, it's something we definitely take pride in. and We don't need all the glory and everything like that, but it's a standard that we hold ourselves to. Man, when you see guys like Spikes on your sideline, it just motivates you to play harder. You know what you're representing. You know, that logo means everything to us, man. And it's just a pride and a swag that we have. Like, now I feel the same way watching Ventrell and Bernie out there, man, and I'm proud of him. So I know Ventrell was a guy we passed the torch down to. When I see James Houston playing that, you know, it's a swag and a passion that we had because, you know, we worked so hard and we were the leaders of our defense. So it just comes with being a linebacker at Florida.
0: So speaking of, I mean, Florida does have really an an incredible lineage of linebackers through the years where the younger guys, it feels like take the younger guys under their wings. The older guys just mentor the younger guys who then become veterans in time. And then they mentor the guys younger than them. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. For example, Jared Davis, as you mentioned, there to mentor you, you spent some time mentoring Ventrell Miller. Ventro Miller now mentoring the young guys on Florida's team uh, or in Florida's linebacker room and Shamar James and Scooby Williams. So can you talk a little bit about that lineage that's been passed down through the years between linebacker class to linebacker class? And also just how much of a linebacker development do you think comes from this mentorship from the older guys versus coaching and the experience that they gain on their own?
3: You know, man, I think, you know, really is it's really the hard work and the passion and the leadership because everyone has their own style of play but you could see from the older guys the work ethic that they already had so you see you know the standard you know what I mean everybody plays different but you can see the standard and the effort and everything.
2: David I want to I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about the linebacker position as a whole so First off, I want to I want to discuss technique with you. Now, now you coach, so not only have you played the game at a high level, but you're now sharing that knowledge with younger guys and helping them uh, reach their their potential. Linebacker is known as the quarterback of the defense. In most defenses, the linebacker is the guy calling the plays, making changes. You know, sometimes looking back and yelling at the safeties or moving defensive linemen out of the way. As a, as a as a linebacker, I want you to talk about what you see on any given play and how you kind of go about your responsibilities beyond the big hits and all the stuff that we see uh, when watching the game.
3: Um, just to make it simple, man, I just think of eyes, hands, feet. Those are keep the three things that you need in those order, man. You got to be able to see and know where you're going, you know, pre-knowledge of the game. That's what we like to call football instincts uh your feet follow and then you gotta have hands to get off blocks and the rest is just athletic ability and and preparation to be honest.
2: So thinking back to your time playing for Florida, was there ever a moment where you where the defense was in a situation and you had gotten the defense out of that situation and ended up coming on coming in clutch?
3: Kentucky. Kentucky game twenty nineteen probably my what best happened? game. We had her back against the wall. Uh, fortunately, we lost Felipe uh, right before that. We're down about 10 points, and Kentucky decided to go for it on two consecutive drives, um, on third down and one and fourth down and one. And, you know, just off of my preparation, I was able to trust my eyes, make the play, trust my feet, and, you know, will our team to a victory and get the ball back to our offense. And Kyle Trask took care of the rest, and that was the beginning of the legend of Kyle Trask, so.
1: David, nobody nobody actually really likes to talk about that because everybody remembers from that game the incredible comeback Kyle had, but that does not happen without those two consecutive stops by you on third, third and one and then fourth and one where Kentucky had a lot of success running the football, so... Um, oh, yeah, man.
3: It's the team thing, you know? Always, dude. You know, and Kyle Trask did a great job of getting all our wide receivers notice. All our wide receivers got an opportunity to play at the next level, and Shared the ball, and we had one of the best wide receiver groups, and you know, in the SEC as well.
1: No doubt that was a, that was a special unit. Twenty nineteen was a was definitely a special team. Um, but switching gears just a little bit to it, talk about you know this year's team. So you know, new era, new you start with Billy Napier. Um, what do you think of the job that he and his staff have done thus far?
3: I think he's doing an unbelievable job, man. Bringing back the energy. Um That guy got the. Those guys willing to play for them and you can just tell that they don't quit, you know, even though they might be a little shorthanded right now or, you know, missing all the pieces or don't really understand our system fully or not comfortable in it yet because it's their first year. But they're they're giving unbelievable effort and they're trying and they're playing with pride. And You can see you got those guys going. So I'm excited to see what they do in the future and looking forward to meet those guys, to be honest.
0: So, David, we wanted to ask you about gaps and specifically being gap sound, which is something that, aside from Ventro Miller, we seems that this this defense has really struggled with at times this year. Obviously, you were very gap sound during your time with the Florida Gators. We know that you're busy with the Indiana Hoosiers right now, so we can't really ask you too specifically about this Florida team. But just speaking in general here, what exactly does it mean for linebackers to be gap sound and as a coach how do you go about ensuring that your players are gap sound
3: and coaching is really coming down to almost like a psychology man you gotta you know try to feel how how guys learn the best and you gotta prepare this stuff you gotta walk through this stuff and spend countless hours and until you can you know get everyone to learn it and um just knowing people are different learners man and 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 the main thing about a season, is still, you got to keep guys healthy and interested. So you can't you can't forget that these are still college kids, and you know they still have things to do outside of football. But you got to try to keep their attention, uh, keep them interested for the short time that you do have them. So just trying to get find the best way to be a teacher and see how guys learn best, man. That's that's the main part of the coaching profession.
0: That's interesting that you say that because I know. From I mean I know you know this from from my friendship uh, with with James Houston who you mentioned earlier he said that the guys in Florida's linebacker room it it varied so greatly who was able to learn how like some guys learned visually by guys like like Christian Robinson in this case drawing on the whiteboard some guys yeah. learned by just watching film some guys learned by just having it taught to them verbally saying hey B gap. Uh, hey, this guy has quick feet maybe let's try maybe let's try outside maybe he's good at defending against an inside attack something like that. he he said that it varied so so greatly depending on the guy and it, it had nothing to do with their skill set. it just had to do with how they were as learners and we're, we're all you know learn in different in fashions. Um, but I'm I was glad that you brought that up because that really uh, helped verify what he taught me. Um, but oh, for sure for sure. Yeah, but so um similar question about the about the about the brains that go into football. And I love asking this to every every guest we have on that's ever played down to football because I, I mean I know from my limited experience playing football that intelligence has a lot to do with success on the field. I'm sure you can vouch for that, having played a lot more successfully than I ever did. Um, but I mean, there there are playbooks, there are you have to be spatially aware, like you have to understand the different gaps and different assignments of the other side of the ball. So how do you go about as a coach making sure that your players are, are mentally sharp and they're, they're excited to learn about what they have to learn about regarding their opponent or even just their own playbooks in order to be the best prepared that they can possibly be?
3: Man, I mean that—that—that's a big question because it all goes in the fact of uh, who you recruit, and and you got to have guys that want to win and love to win because losing sucks. Nobody wants to do it. It's the worst thing ever. So when you have that, you know, in the back of your mind, like the will to win, the willing to learn, it's all. And that's a that's an interpersonal battle, man. You know what I mean? You just gotta attend to the kids and try to bring them along, and the guys that want to win real bad, and it should be all of them. Like, the guys that you handpicked, you should have that quality in them. And um, they'll catch on. Man. You just got to find ways because if they want to win, they'll, they'll figure it out.
0: So, what, one more just general question, and then we'll get on to Florida LSU. But how how do you smoke that out in recruiting? Because any any kid, I bet, like, if, if there's a kid who's, say, a, a three-star or a, or a low four-star or whatever, and, he, if, you know, he's got offers from, say – you know, decent schools, but then you know, I mean, in your case, Indiana comes along, and it's the most prestigious school to offer him so far. So now he wants to put on a face like, "Oh, I'm a student. I got to really, you know, dress to impress, so to speak." Both with it's his- all
3: about the film, and you know, the effort and the plays when the ball is not going to him, the effort in the game when things aren't going your way, if you're losing, if you're if you're quitting, you know, all those things you could tell are pretty good, you know signs to show up for
0: guys over there so david we know you have to hop off soon to get to your next meeting with the iu staff we won't keep you much longer um last question before we get to our final segment and talk florida lsu obviously you're involved with another program right now but we know that you do still root for the gators as long as indiana is not involved chris asked you a few minutes ago what you thought of billy napier so far but i wanted to ask a similar question just looking the other way, looking towards the future ahead. Uh, Watching from afar, where does it seem to you like your alma mater's football program is headed?
3: Man, you can see the sky's the limit when you take down a a big-time team like Utah like that, and and then you go back and you have a, a game against Missouri and find a way to pull it out. This team got resilience, man. You can tell these guys got the swag, back the energy, and it looks like the guys are having fun, man. The new facility is beautiful. You know, we got a lot of high recruited guys, highly talented guys uh, on a commitment list and committed already. So the sky's the limit for those guys, man. Fans are great and they'll be just fine.
0: Glad you think so. Um, all right, Florida, LSU, under the lights, Saturday night, ESPN, big stage, big rivalry game. Let's talk about it. Uh, we typically end our shows with a, a segment called the verdicts, which is just us giving our thoughts and. On what we think is going to happen uh, because we know you have to go we'll let you give yours and then we'll all give ours uh, separately after so first things first florida and lsu is obviously a a rivalry game that anything can happen and you've seen the craziness play out both in favor of you and and against you what would you say is a key to the game for the florida gators to win what do they have to do to win
3: Oh, man. I just feel like you stopped the run and make them beat you in the pass game. I think we got better athletes than they could do. And we're, you know, we're a more together team. So I think we got this. I feel like the score will be 24 17 Gators, man.
0: I like it. And if you had to give a percent chance from zero to 100, what percent chance would you say Florida has to win? That's
3: twice. I'm going with 100.
0: All right. <laughs> Love the confidence. Love the confidence in your alma mater and your and your former teammates. Uh, David, we know you're super busy. Go ahead. Go get to your next meeting. Best of luck to you with the Indiana Hoosiers the rest of the way. Can't wait to watch your coaching career take off. Hopefully the paths will cross again in Gainesville. But regardless, best of luck to you, and thank you so much for your time tonight.
3: Hopefully so, man. See you.
0: Love take that care. confidence. Go Gators. Thank you, man. Love that guy, man. Uh, you know, first met him. 2016 after the South Carolina game. That was actually my first gator game. Uh, met him then. He was, he was very nice, very friendly. Um, met him again after Tennessee in 17. And then uh when when James got there to to the University of Florida and he started introducing me to the people in the locker room, David remembered me and we started talking as you know, more than just, you know, fan to player. It was, it it became an actual friendship after that point. He's obviously very, very rushed tonight, but uh, I mean, for him to to take that time with us is, you know, speaks tremendously of him because he is, he does not have a lot of time these days, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's an awesome guy. He knows the game. He knows the game. Well, Hey, he'll be a good coach.
2: Eyes, hands, feet. That's, that's a beautiful statement right there.
0: Yeah, it really is a great phrase. I'd actually never heard that one. That's a new one to me, but it obviously makes a great deal of sense when you think about the parts of your body that are are used most heavily to be a good linebacker. Um, But guys, we've got our own verdicts to give while David's off giving his own analysis on his new team, the Indiana Hoosiers. We've got our team, the Florida Gators, to give our analysis on for this upcoming week's game against LSU. You know the drill by now. We're going to give our keys. We're going to give our... Percent chance we think Florida has to win, and then we're going to give our score prediction. So, Chris, you first. What's your key to the game?
1: Well, for my keys for this game, I think that for Florida, it's just to limit mistakes. If you look at past games in this rivalry where the team that won, it was the one that made the other one make a costly mistake. It could be as something as stupid as throwing a shoe, or it could be a pick six to end the game. Or not being disciplined or sound in the special team. So it, for me, it's just to limit your mistakes and not be the one to give up the big play at the end. And I think that if Florida, you know, can take advantage of the fact they're playing under the lights in at home and use the energy of the crowd, that they're the one that's going to be making the big play and making LSU make mistakes.
2: So my key to the game is which Anthony Richardson do we get? Is it the Anthony Richardson that played so brilliantly against utah or tennessee or are we going to get the anthony richardson that played against kentucky or usf and there was even there's a little bit of flashes of both this past week we got to find which anthony richardson we get i want to see him get 50 plus yards on the ground yes if we're going to have any chance to beat lsu he has to be able to run the ball because when he runs the ball well he throws the ball well We've seen that game in and game out. Um, The big thing I want to see from him, 50-plus yards on the ground and two-plus passing touchdowns and zero. Yes, I said zero interceptions. I know every week we can count on Anthony Richardson to throw a pick. That ends against LSU, zero interceptions. And my padlock stat for this game, And I did that last week. I'm going to do it again this week. My padlock stat is the turnover ratio. The team that wins the turnover ratio is the team that will win the game.
0: I like the padlock stat. It's a nice addition. Um, Well, I feel like a bit of a troll saying this, but fourth down conversions, guys, because we know Napier is a riverboat gambler. We know he's going to do it at some point. We've seen fourth down conversions Win this game before in 2007. LSU goes five for five on fourth downs. Uh, and we've seen fake field goals do it. We've just seen ridiculousness that that ends this game one way or another on fourth down. And I don't know that it's going to come in the in the form of a fake field goal like LSU's done with less Miles in the past, but. I'm pretty sure that there's going to come a time Florida's going to face a fourth and three, fourth and two, or so late in the game. Maybe you know, late in the the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, or something in a tight one score game. That if Florida doesn't get it, it turns the momentum and LSU scores to put the game away. If they do get it, they keep the ball and then maybe you know they'll score a go ahead touchdown or something. Or of course, it could come in the last. Two minutes of the game where it literally wins or loses the game. But fourth down conversions for both teams, I'll say if Florida can get stops, if LSU and Brian Kelly decide to get bold and try anything crazy, um, if Florida gets stops. But yeah, fourth down conversions can be my key to, to the game. Percent chance Florida wins. Chris, what have you got? I think early in the year I had like 51% Florida. I'm
1: going to stick with this being a 50-50 game, and I'll say 51% still. This is is always a coin flip game, and I think it's a coin flip game against Saturday night with the edge going to the Gators because they're playing at home.
2: I'm trying to go back and remember what percentage I gave Florida to win this game, but honestly, I'm going to have to give the edge to LSU. I mean, you know how much I love ESPN-FPI? ESPN FPI still gives LSU a 62.8% chance to win. I'm not going to quite go that high, but I will give LSU a 55% chance to win and that leaves that leaves Florida at 45. So that's my number and I'm sticking to it.
0: You guys aren't going to like this. 30. Because LSU, unlike Missouri, unlike Kentucky, unlike South Florida, is more talented than Florida is. So if you don't play your best game, yes, I I know they have a lot of problems. But if if you're going to beat LSU, you have to play your very best. You have to play the way you did against Utah. And this Florida team is just not – you can't trust them. You can't trust them to do that. I think that – you know what? I think that Florida – will play better against Georgia than they will against LSU. And I have no idea why I think that. But I I watched this team against Missouri last week. I watched them the week before. I mean, Eastern Washington doesn't count. That's that's just, you know, FCS team. But then I watched them against Tennessee before that. It, and then the two games before that, South Florida, Kentucky, doesn't go well. Utah, the first game of the year, goes well. It's just it's so unpredictable that it just goes up and down And I don't know if Florida's down is going to last two games or three or maybe one as it was against Missouri. But I'm just not feeling good about it. All right, score predictions. David's got Florida winning. Chris, how about you? So I've got Florida
1: 27, LSU 23. I think that this has all the makings of a classic back-and-forth game. A little bit of defensive struggle in there. Lots of Ben Bado brink moments on the defensive side that result in some field goals. So this will be right on that over under where it's sitting at 49 and a half and I'll say we get 50 total points in the game. Final score, Florida 27, LSU
2: 23. Chris. Right. Chris, I love your score and I think the total, I think you're spot on with the total. Full disclosure. I write all my analytics out before the podcast, so I can't steal something from Chris or from Neil. Um I I you heard it my percentage. I, I think LSU is gonna come out with a dub and this one unfortunately, I'm, I got LSU 27 Florida 23. I sure hope I'm wrong, but that's my score.
0: I have never been so certain that Florida is going to lose a game that is so closely contested. I don't think that there's much of a chance that either team blows the other one out. I don't, I don't see it happening on either side. This is going to be a battle. It's going to be a four quarter game. I just don't trust Florida guys. They didn't play well against Missouri and they can't be trusted. And this is why Dustin, this was why we had that bet. I said, I think it's very, very possible that Florida can beat any of the three Missouri LSU or South Carolina. I just don't think they're going to beat all three because they're not consistent enough, as you said, and they they don't have a unit that can will the rest of the team to victory. Like they don't have an offense that can bail the defense out. They don't have a defense that can bail the offense out. And they don't have a good special teams that can bail the other two out, period, in a close game. So I think LSU's got the better special teams. I think Damian Ramos is a better kicker than I mean, Adam Mahalik at this point, if Florida wants to go to Trey Smack, maybe he'll surprise us all. But I'm going to say LSU 24, Florida 21. So my question is,
1: obviously, everybody thinks this is going to be a close game, but higher percentage chance LSU blows out Florida or Florida blows out LSU. Dustin, what do you say?
2: I think there's a higher chance if Florida blows out LSU, and this is why the Swamp. I think once Florida's able to build some sort of lead, the Swamp is going to make it so that Florida can pour it on them. Unfortunately, I just don't see that happening. I
0: think there's a better chance that my nail clipper gains sentience than either of those things happen. But if you had to pick one? Probably LSU blowing out Florida, but... Both by a by a width of a hair less that's than one
1: percent. That's because you picking LSU to win the game, though.
0: No, it's not. It's because they have a mobile quarterback and Jalen Daniels. Florida's run defense is abominable. At its best, it's just mid. And I mean, we just don't tackle. Period. Like that's how that's how that's how sacks get turned into 20, 30-yard gains. That's how five-yard gains become 75-yard touchdown runs. And, I mean, we still – I still have memories of Trey Dean just not knowing what he's doing and not doing anything in the secondary. And Tennessee's Brew McCoy getting a 75-yard gain and a 40-yard gain because he just didn't do anything. And none of what I just said does anything to address each and every one of the third down in the Dominican Republics to go that Missouri converted last week. And if, if it only takes two or three times to do that, Tennessee, really, Tennessee was blowing Florida out until nine minutes ago in the game and Florida backdoor covered that spread. I, I mean, Trey Dean not doing what he's supposed to do should be a one way ticket to the bench, but that doesn't happen. He's still getting thrown out there. That's hate to say this, but that's shades of Dan Mullen. That's why he got fired, because guys who weren't doing their jobs were given longer leashes than they should have been given to continue to do those jobs to the detriment of the Florida Gators football team. And even even Jason Marshall, I mean, he's making plays. He's doing – overall, he's doing okay, but he's not without blame. He busted a couple of coverages too against Missouri last week. So even even the parts of our team that we assumed were going to be solid because they were returning pieces – aren't necessarily coming up big and Brenton Cox misses a couple tackles in big spots. So even the things that were supposed to be the closest to sure things that you can have in college football, those things aren't going well for Florida. So that's why I'm picking LSU to beat us because in a, I mean, in a matchup of two teams where, both have a lot of problems. I give the edge to the team with more natural talent, and that's also why I give LSU the microscopically larger chance to blow us out than we have to blow them out.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of see it, the points both ways. Like I see it as you know, it isn't like Dustin said it's in the swamp. I think that if the crowd, if Florida gets up early, maybe a fast start and the crowd's really into it, maybe the defense gets a couple of stops, and then we can get up. But I I actually kind of agree that there's a higher chance. I'm picking Florida to win, but I do actually think there's a higher chance that LSU is blow out Florida for the reasons Neil mentioned. And I think as we've talked a lot about going into this game and future games, there just aren't a lot of teams on the schedule left that we can just see Florida blowing out other than Vanderbilt. So I think that more likely Florida is blown out at home then Florida blows at LSU but I'm still sticking with my pick of Florida.
0: Winning. I don't even think Florida blows out Vanderbilt. I mean we saw them compete against Mississippi for a while.
1: And historically Florida has struggled in Nashville even in years where we have had very good teams like 1996 we nearly lost that game. Yeah. Nashville. You think about the first year Dan Mullen was there we were down 21-3 we came back and won that game. You know, we, we we just even we had a slow start in 2020 when we went last time in uh, the COVID year it was a slow start for that team. So Definitely a tough place to play, but a little bit, a little ways off Yeah, uh, LSU this week.
0: Yeah. LSU this weekend, boys, big game under the lights. Guys, on defense, I mean, I'm just not very high on their chances to, to tackle Jaden Daniels. And you know, this is nothing new. It's stuff we've talked about since the start of the season against Utah. Stuff we were afraid was not going to happen before the year started. We were talking about Utah's tight ends and Dalton Kincaid and Brand Keithy and how Florida could stop them. Well, tackle, take the right angles, attack the right hip, bring them to the ground. Use the sideline as an extra defender if you have to. They're they're not doing any of that, and we're already past the halfway point in the season. So I really don't see a reason to believe that's going to start happening now all of a sudden. So if I'm wrong, fantastic. I will jump for joy, and I will – yes, I will eat all that crow. I will dine on it with the finest of China. But I don't see an objective reason to believe that. And I think that Florida – you know, they're, they're going to fight. They're going to they're going to show grit, and they're going to put up a, a battle. But like I said, I, I, I've – and, and this is a good way to to end the show. I've never been so confident that Florida will lose a close game. I've I've been more confident that Florida will lose games like against Georgia when they're ranked number one and we're not ranked in uh in seventeen and twenty one, um against Alabama, in uh in the, in the McElwain years of fifteen and sixteen. I've been more confident that Florida loses, but I've never been so confident that Florida loses a one score game.
1: We'll have to see. That's why they play the game.
2: It is indeed. Look. We hope we're wrong. Well, Chris, I hope you're right. We, we all hope Chris is right. Man, Chris, please be right. Man, we, we're going to celebrate this thing hard if Florida can pull out the victory because we hate LSU. We absolutely abhor them. We really do. And it goes back to 2016,
0: by the way, um, and with Hurricane Matthew. You'd think, like, of all fan bases, they'd be the one to understand that hurricanes aren't a joke. And I know that not every single LSU fan is like that, but there were enough of them to cement that reputation. And it's just—it's time we beat them, and that's the most important thing. Forget the, the Twitter spats of fan bases. We have to beat LSU for a program to take the step that it's supposed to take towards getting back on top. But anyway, with that said, time to stop talking, time to start playing. Guys, let's do it. Let's go. Let's beat LSU. Thank you guys for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. Definitely would appreciate that. Chris, I'll see you in the swamp. Uh, Dustin, I'll literally see you in the swamp because you're going to be sitting with me for that game. Let's go. Let's beat LSU. Go Go Gators. Go Gators.
2: Yeah, guys. Go Gators. Let's beat LSU. I don't think we're going to do it, but if we do, you know what is coming on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday.
0: (laughs) Go Gators, y'all. Beat LSU. Yep. Take care. Go Gators.